This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Today on State of the World, rising tensions between Israelis and Palestinians in the West Bank. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Tuesday, February 20th. I'm Greg Dixon. Since the October 7th attack by Hamas, Israel has increased security in the occupied West Bank. And just to orient you quickly here, the two Palestinian territories are Gaza and the West Bank. Gaza is ruled by Hamas. That is where the attackers came from on October 7th, and it is now being invaded by Israeli forces. Slightly to the northeast of Gaza, across Israel, is the West Bank. A different Palestinian political party, Fatah, governs there. And while Palestinians run some local affairs... Israel has occupied the West Bank since 1967. It is controlled by the Israeli military. For years, Israeli settlements have been expanding in the West Bank, angering Palestinians. And since October 7th, Jewish settlers have been newly empowered. With the Israeli military focused on Gaza, settlers have been organized as security forces in the military's absence. So as Israel steps up security in the West Bank, it is doing it with these settler security forces. On a recent visit to the West Bank city of Hebron, NPR's Jeff Brumfield saw the newly formed security forces in action. It's a chilly winter day in Hebron. We're standing on a hill overlooking the old city, surrounded by olive trees, waiting for a Palestinian activist named Issa Umro. We were supposed to meet him at his home, but he's nowhere to be seen. He said he's uh, at the checkpoint, so maybe he was held up. I'm here with a group of ex-Israeli soldiers called Breaking the Silence, which opposes the occupation of the West Bank. Part of its mission is to shed light on the Israeli military's activities. We passed through a lot of checkpoints to get here, we were more or less waved through. Amro is not so lucky. We eventually see him making his way up the hill. I, I was at a checkpoint since 30 minutes. Really? I took off everything. He says he was forced to strip down. He even had to lose his shoes. And he told me, take the shoes off. I told him, but it's mud. Hebron is one of the largest Palestinian cities in the West Bank, and it's also among the most volatile. That's because for decades, far-right Jewish settlers have laid claim to parts of the city center near a site holy to both Jews and Muslims. Over the years, Palestinian militants have opened fire on the settlers, who have in turn committed many acts of violence against Palestinian residents. And although the military's mission is to protect the settlers, it was also seen as a moderating force. Umro says that Palestinians sometimes even ask for help. In the past, you know, we were calling the army to help us or protect us from the settlers. But that's changed. In 2022, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu appointed a far-right politician from Hebron as the national security minister. Military forces became more aggressive towards Palestinians, Amro says. And then came the brutal attacks of October 7th. Hamas militants burst out of the Gaza Strip and massacred some 1,200 Israelis. The West Bank is not under Hamas control, and there was no mass attack in Hebron on that day. But when Umro tried to get home from work, 
work he found his way blocked, not by soldiers, he says, but by heavily armed settlers in body armor. Umro shared video of that day with NPR, which was able to independently verify some details, such as the location where it was shot. In one recording, two older men with long beards and assault rifles shouted him to leave. Umro says he knew them not as soldiers, but as right-wing settlers. They seemed to know him, shouting his name as he walks away. He tried another way and again ran into a mixed group of armed settlers and regular soldiers. This time, he was detained. So I was kidnapped by the soldiers and the settlers in an army uniform. I was taken to the military base here, handcuffed with plastic cuffs to the point that it went into my skin. And it's not, you know, it was 10 hours of pain. He says he was beaten and abused during his time in custody until a senior army officer who recognized him told the others to let him go. The Israeli military did not comment directly on UMRO's account, but told NPR it looks into cases where soldiers, quote, deviate from what is expected. It says if it finds evidence of wrongdoing by troops, then, quote, significant command measures will be taken. Since he was held, things have only gotten worse, Umro says. Palestinians in central Hebron have been forced to stay inside for days at a time by settlers equipped with weapons, radios, and uniforms. There is no distinction anymore between the soldiers and the uh, violent settlers, either in their army uniform or in in their civilian uniform. Below Umro's house in the streets of central Hebron, the mixing of settlers and soldiers is on display. Since October 7th, many of the regular military units that patrolled Hebron have been sent to either fight in the war in Gaza or defend the northern border with Lebanon. To fill the gap, the military has recruited locals into regional defense units, including one here. We pass a group of them, young men in uniform wearing yarmulkes and peyote, the long curly locks of hair worn by religious Jews. You see on the patch, uh-huh. it says uh, the Agmar unit of Hebron. So those will be local settlers who've been mobilized. Uh Nadav Weiman is a former Israeli Special Forces soldier who is now deputy director of Breaking the Silence. The young men look well-equipped with rifles and new-looking helmets and body armor. But they're not the only ones here. As we walk through the old city, someone in a personal vehicle begins honking at us. He swings his car in front of us aggressively, blocking our path. He's shouting. Yeah, he's a settler. He's a settler. What's he saying? Until the Palestinian would rape you, you won't come to your senses. This settler is not with the military, Vyman says, but he is part of a local emergency response unit, and he's armed. He's a settler from the first response team of the settlement. He has an M16 with him, and he's a violent settler. Now freshly empowered as part of the security system designed to keep the peace in the West Bank. A soldier comes and talks to him, and eventually he drives off and leaves us alone. The settlers say this new arrangement is necessary in the post-October 7th world. One named Shai Cohen comes to speak to us. It's true, he says, many have joined the reserve forces in the West Bank. I don't do army, but I have two, two brothers, and my father also do reserve now in the army. Everybody now in the army. He says this is about safety for settlers like him. Jewish people living also here in this country. We have 
terror attack, a lot of terror attack. In its statement, the Israeli military said there have been more than 700 attacks in the West Bank since the beginning of the war. It has stepped up counterterrorism operations and checkpoints as a result, it says. Back at his home in the hills above central Hebron, Palestinian activist Issa Amro says he feels like he's under siege. His settler neighbors have long wanted him and other Palestinians out of their homes. Since October 7th, they've been relentlessly harassed. It's a policy to make our life harder and harder to make us leave certain areas. Umro estimates 20 to 30 percent of Palestinian families living nearby have already left. He says he's staying put for now, but he's more frightened than ever. I think they may come and shoot me in my room, in my bedroom. Nobody has given him a vest or a helmet to protect himself. Instead, he's bricked up his windows with cinder blocks to try and feel safe in his own home. It's NPR's Jeff Brumfield in Hebron. That's the State of the World from NPR. For more coverage of all sides of this conflict, go to npr.org slash Updates. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR.